Military aviation came into its own during World War II. Controlling the skies would prove to be a crucial factor in determining the outcome of the war. Welcome to the Motor Pool. I'm Ron Gorel. Today we're going to visit with Tom Chikansky, curator here at the National World War II Museum in New Orleans. And I do believe that Tom is right around the other side of this propeller. So let's go take a look. Tom, what are you working on here? Morning, Ron. This is a BF-109, one of Germany's premier fighter planes. And this was designed by Willy Messerschmitt, I understand. Yes, it was. Designed by Messerschmitt and manufactured by Bavarian Pfluger Works. Uh -huh. Thus, we get the designation for it BF-109, BF being the manufacturer. Well, could you tell us what was so unique about this particular airplane? This is one of the first modern fighter planes produced. It's got an all-metal frame and all-metal wings, features retractable landing gear, and a V-12 engine manufactured by Daimler-Benz, producing over 1,800 horsepower. And what was the specific mission for this airplane? Ron, this was a fighter plane. It was designed to engage other fighters and designed to escort bombers on uh, bombing runs. Could you tell us a little bit about the armament? It has a main 20-millimeter cannon that fires right through the hub of the propeller, and then it also has two centrally mounted 8-millimeter machine guns. I see. And how many of these were manufactured during the war? 30,000. Over 30,000 of these were manufactured. And that's really quite an astonishing number when you consider that the Sherman tank, by comparison, had 55,000 units manufactured. And we supplied that tank to people all over the world. 30,000 of these were going to Germany and their allies. Hey, could you tell us a little bit about the cockpit? The cockpit, like most planes of this era, is very sparse. You don't find any amenities for the pilot. One of the things people notice when they look in is that the seat has a very unusual shape to it. And this sort of a well in the seat is there for the pilot's parachute. It would hang down behind him and he would sit on it in flight. And what about the range of the aircraft? The range is about 400 miles. They could get a drop tank and, and have a greater range, but 400 miles and when they were bombing uh, during the Blitz, when these were planes were escorting bombers, they would take off from fields in France, and that was sufficient for them. Right. Now, I understand that the counterpart for this airplane on the British side was the uh, Spitfire. Yes, when, it was. And we have one of those, so why don't we take a look and uh, talk about that for Let's a bit. Let's do that. And here we have the Spitfire, designed for the Royal Air Force by R.J. Mitchell. Could you tell us a little bit about this airplane, Tom? Well, Ron, the Spitfire and the Messerschmitt are remarkably similar. The Spitfire is an all-metal construction, and again, we have a V-12 water-cooled engine. In this case, the engine's manufactured by Rolls-Royce, makes a little less horsepower, only 1,500, and uh, it was called a Merlin. And what was the range of this aircraft? The range, like the Messerschmitt, is about 400 miles. And this, this plane, I assume, was designed for a similar missions as the uh, Messerschmitt, as a fighter? It was, as a fighter. Uh, bomber interceptor is one of the main roles that it played, uh, taking out German bombers as they came to attack Britain. But it wasn't used as a bomber escort? Right? Not particularly. The range was limited, even with drop tanks, and so British bombers going to Berlin would have to fly unescorted early in the war. I see. Well, what about the armament on this aircraft? This particular aircraft has two 20-millimeter Hispano automatic cannons, one in each wing, and four 30, 303 caliber Brownings, two in each wing. I see. Well, let me ask you a question, hypothetical question, all things being equal. If you were a pilot in World War II, which one of these aircraft would you rather have flown? I believe I'd have to go with the Messerschmitt. 
And why is that? It's got more horsepower, mm -hmm. and it's got a fuel-injected engine. I see. In loops, the Spitfire with its carburetor would stall for gas at the top of the loop, but the Messerschmitt with fuel injection would run right on through. Well, why don't we put that to a test? Why don't you take the Messerschmitt, I'll take the Spitfire, we'll take them out for a little practice dogfight and see what happens. Well, first thing we're going to have to do is get ourselves some really big rubber bands. <laughs> Neither one of these craft have an operable engine. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for being informative about the Spitfire and about the Messerschmitt 109. And we'll see you again next time at the Motor Pool. The National World War II Museum tells the story of the war that changed the world, why it was fought, how it was won, and what it means today. We invite you to visit us in New Orleans and, until then, explore our website, www.nationalww2museum.org.